Welcome to Absence Management Perspectives, a DMEC podcast. The Disability Management Employer Coalition, or DMEC as we're known by most people, provides focused education, knowledge, and networking opportunities for absence and disability management professionals. DMEC has become a leading voice in the industry and represents more than 16,000 professionals from organizations of all sizes across the United States and Canada. This podcast series will focus on industry perspectives and provide the opportunity to delve more deeply into issues that affect DMEC members and the community as a whole. We're thrilled to have you with us and hope you will visit us at dmec.org to get a full picture of what we have to offer, from webinars and publications to conferences, certifications, and much more. Let's get started and meet the people behind the processes. Hello, and welcome to Absence Management Perspectives, a DMEC podcast. I'm Heather Grimshaw, Communications Manager for DMEC. I'm here today with Terry Rhodes, CEO for DMEC, to showcase Terry's Trends article series. And today we'll be talking about legalized marijuana use and its effects on employers. Terry has more than 30 years of experience in the absence management industry, and she is going to facilitate the conversation about marijuana drug testing with Catherine Russo, an attorney and principal with Jackson Lewis PC, who wrote an article about this topic in the Integrated Absence Management issue of At Work magazine. We've unlocked the article, Navigating Legalized Marijuana in the Workplace, for podcast listeners and included a link to it in the notes section of this podcast. We've asked Catherine to elaborate on some of these issues in her discussion with Terry today, which dovetails with Terry's article about the issues employers face when it comes to marijuana testing in her latest trends article. We included a link to this trends article in the notes section as well for ease of access. Terry, I'm gonna hand things over to you to get us started. Thank you, Heather. And thank you, Catherine, for joining me today. You know, I was thinking about this as um, we were, I was preparing for this podcast, and I've been um, trending various um, issues around uh, marijuana in the workplace for probably about 10 years. And, you know, 10 years ago, we could all just rely on our drug testing policies and zero tolerance and call it a day. But things are very different today. And that's what we're going to talk about. So I think, Catherine, the first question I'd like to um, talk to you about or get your feedback on is, do you see more employers moving away from pre-employment and random uh, and reasonable cause drug screening for marijuana. And I included both of those because I, I think there might be a little bit of difference there, but maybe you could just talk to us about that. Sure. Uh, thank you, Terry. You know, I'm happy to be here today. And uh, I, I do agree that I'm seeing a trend uh, among employers nationwide to move away from testing for marijuana, especially on pre-employment testing. Uh, and I'll talk about the other types of testing in a moment. But I think one of the reasons pre-employment marijuana testing is particularly troublesome is because the person hasn't been hired yet, right? So they've never been you know, on duty or on company premises. And we're now starting to see 
you know, a number of states enacting laws that protect off-duty use of marijuana. So we've got a couple of states and a city that actually prohibit pre-employment marijuana testing outright. And in addition, there are some, some additional states that are protecting all off-duty use of marijuana, whether it's medical or recreational. And the reason that's significant is um, drug tests can't tell you exactly when or where the person used marijuana. So if you're doing pre-employment testing, of course the person was off-duty and off-premises because you haven't hired them yet. So that means under these states that protect off-duty use, there's no point in doing a pre-employment test because it's only going to capture off-duty use. Um, so combine those laws with the fact that we've got a very tight labor market. Employers are desperate to hire people. Um, they, I've been hearing from lots of clients all over the country that they can't hire people because they get a good candidate that they like. They get through most of the pre-employment processes and then they flunk the drug test because of marijuana. So out of that frustration, I think many employers are saying, you know, there's no point to it. Let's just take it off of our drug testing panel. We'll still test for all the other drugs, pre-employment, but it doesn't really help us if we want to recruit um, applicants. So many employers are taking it off the pre-employment drug screen. And I agree with you, you know, 10 years ago, this was kind of unthinkable, right? Marijuana was considered, you know, one of the drugs that everybody tested for. And it was, there was no thought given to what if they test positive. And now it's a totally different view, really. Uh, and even I've even started to come around to the view that testing positive for marijuana on a pre-employment drug test isn't terribly useful, especially if it's in a state where it's legal, right? It's almost like testing positive for alcohol. And, you know, again, and, you know, alcohol is a legal substance. If somebody tests positive for alcohol on a pre-employment test, it just means, you know, maybe they didn't have a lot of common sense, but they didn't violate the law. They didn't do anything wrong. It doesn't mean that they're an addict or an alcoholic, and it really doesn't show that they're going to be a bad employee. So I think that employers are really starting to come around to the view that for pre-employment purposes, we're just going to stick to the, the other drugs like cocaine and heroin and those uh, and just leave marijuana out of it and then keep it in where we think it's appropriate and where it's legal for tests like reasonable suspicion, post-accident, maybe random. You know, random is also problematic because... Um, you don't have a suspicion that anybody did anything wrong, right? You're just pulling names randomly, which means you're likely to capture somebody's off-duty use of marijuana. So the other trend I'm starting to see is employers removing marijuana from the panel, even for random tests. Now, when you get to reasonable suspicion that you asked me about, and even post-accident, it's a little bit tricky, right? So reasonable suspicion, I think I, I would be okay with if the state law allows it. And again, the states vary tremendously. Uh, you've got New York state that doesn't allow any testing for marijuana under any circumstance whatsoever. But if, it, if the state law allows it, I'm okay with testing for marijuana because the idea of reasonable suspicion is that um, people can't be impaired at work, right? So we're, we're theoretically trying to figure out if people were impaired at work based on their appearance, behaviors, speech, etc. Post-accident, I think, is a little bit trickier because, again, since a marijuana test doesn't 
tell you whether the person was currently impaired at the time of the accident, it may have limited usefulness for a post-accident test. So I think that's a struggle for employers when deciding whether or not to test for marijuana on post-accident. Thank you, Catherine. Um, this is a this is a very complicated issue, and I think what where employers are are uh, grappling with this is, you know, they have these zero tolerance policies that they're required to have if they're getting some kind of federal reimbursement or they're a federal contractor, and so how how are employers working through this? where they have these zero tolerance policies? Well, one thing employers still can do in all states is you can prohibit use of marijuana at work and being impaired at work. And that's true in all 50 states. Um, the federal contractor issue, I think, um, confuses people. So let me speak to that for a moment. So there is a law called the Federal Drug-Free Workplace Act that applies to federal contractors and grantees, but that law doesn't require any drug testing. And it also doesn't allow employers to regulate what people do when they're off duty. So the law just says, if you have a federal contract or a federal grant, then you have to make sure that your employees are not using illegal drugs at work. And that's all that it says. It doesn't really, it's not much more detailed than that. So I don't think it's really um, a good defense anymore for employers to say, I'm a federal contractor, so I have to follow federal law and federal law says marijuana is illegal. So that's going to be my rule. I, I, it really doesn't work like that. And some of the courts are, are rejecting that defense for what I just said, which is that the, the law doesn't require drug testing and the law doesn't allow employers to regulate off-duty use. And as I said earlier, we have all these laws now that uh, protect off-duty use or they protect medical marijuana use, and the courts are starting to enforce those state laws. The other thing that the courts are saying is that, you know what, even though marijuana may technically still be illegal at the federal level, the um, the, the uh, federal government is not enforcing that law. You know, for at least a decade now, the federal government has backed off of interfering with any state marijuana laws. Um, Congress um, blocks the Department of Justice from using any federal funds to interfere with state medical marijuana laws. So in effect, Congress has been taking actions to allow the states to enact their own medical and recreational marijuana laws. And the courts are now enforcing those laws. So even though technically we don't have a federal law that's legalized marijuana yet, it's almost like we do because Congress is not doing anything to stop the state laws. Now, to just to go back to the federal contractor issue for a moment, I think that one thing employers can do if they're a federal contractor is check the language of their federal contracts. So for example, I've worked with a few employers who insisted that, you know, we have to test for marijuana, we can't allow marijuana because we have a federal contract. So I said, okay, well, let me see it. Let's look at the federal contract. What does it actually say? And very often they're silent. They don't say anything about drug testing. They don't say anything about marijuana. If that's the case, you know, my view is I think you're probably going to have to comply with state marijuana laws. However, if you do have a federal contract that says 
you know, we, the federal agency, expects you, employer, to do drug testing, including testing for marijuana, and to exclude people who test positive, then I think the employer is in a much better position to say that because we're a federal contractor and our contract has this language, we can't hire people who test positive for marijuana. This is very helpful, Catherine, in terms of how employers can uh, delineate these two particular issues, because I do think that there's a lot of confusion and you broke it down perfectly uh, for us. In an article that you recently wrote for our At Work magazine that was published last month in July, you talked about the limitations of the testing um, that is done for marijuana. You talked a little bit about that previously, um, but specifically, you know, we've talked about this, that, you know, marijuana stays in the bloodstream for sometimes 30 days or more, and that the test in and of itself does not distinguish like a blood alcohol test, whether someone is impaired. And so where, we have employers that in their particular state, recreational marijuana is passed. It, do you have any recommendation for, I mean, I know you've talked about this and I think you've said it, but I just wanna say it, probably have you say it again, for those who are testing since there really isn't a reliable test that can be used if an employer is um, testing for uh, you know, drug use specifically in whatever way, fitness for duty, post-accident, uh, pre-employment, which I think you were very clear on pre-employment. So I hope everybody heard that message. But um, given that there are these limitations with the drug test itself, um, what is what is your recommendation specifically? Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's very difficult with reasonable suspicion because, as I said earlier, the notion of reasonable suspicion is that employees can't be impaired at work. And so when an employer does have a suspicion, they want to be able to test employees for drugs or alcohol. And if they test positive, presumably the consequence will be you know, termination or other disciplinary action. And since we don't have uh, a marijuana test at the moment that can detect current impairment, it's very, very frustrating and difficult for employers. Um, so, you know, what I've been saying to employers, especially in, in states, assuming they're allowed to test for marijuana, and that's, I think that's the threshold issue that an employer needs to figure out is, am I even allowed? Because in New York, you, you can't test at all for marijuana. And in New Jersey, to give another example, you theoretically still can test for reasonable suspicion, but we're waiting for some regulatory guidance to come out that will require employers to have a trained workplace impairment recognition expert to help them detect impairment before testing somebody. But putting that aside, in general, if, if there's a concern that there's recreational marijuana in that state, and if, you know, if off-duty use is protected, I really am cautioning employers about testing at all. But if you do go ahead and test, um, you know, if you get a positive result, I would probably advise the employer that if you're going to take disciplinary action, focus more on the person's behaviors 
rather than just that positive test result. And the reason for that is that you know the employee is going to come back and say, oh, yeah, I tested positive, but that's because I used it last week or over the weekend or three weeks ago. So you can't fire me for, you know, claiming that I was impaired today because I wasn't. So I think in those circumstances, you know, the test may or may not be useful. I think sometimes it may still be useful to kind of confirm your suspicion. But then I'm recommending to employers that you may want to base your disciplinary action on whatever it was that you observed about the person. You know, for example, their speech was slurred, their eyes were bloodshot, they were incoherent when you spoke to them, they fell asleep at their desk. You know, if you can document all of those things, I think that will help you tremendously when you take your disciplinary action. For sure. Um, and I, I think, you know, on the other side of this, you have those employers who are going to say, oh, this is a liability issue. Um, you know, if, if we don't if we don't test for marijuana and we only test for the other drugs and they're impaired from marijuana, what about safety issues? You know, for example, patients in the hospital or an employee accident, you know, caused by an impaired employee. So how do we talk to those employers who think that they need to have, you know, a qualified uh, test for marijuana in order to address those issues? I, I agree again that that issue is very, very uh, difficult and concerning for employers who are in safety sensitive industries, you know, healthcare, manufacturing, construction, you know, any any workplace where you've got people doing dangerous work. It's a big concern. And many employers are just so reluctant to take marijuana off of their drug testing panel for, for just those liability issues that you mentioned. Um, you know, this may not sound uh, like a good uh, explanation, but, you know, one thing I will say to employers is there's really no requirement to test for marijuana, you know, unless you are a federally regulated employer, like a DOT covered uh, employer, certain uh, certain federally regulated employees must be drug tested, including for marijuana. But the vast majority of employees don't have to be drug tested at all, uh, let alone for marijuana. So, you know, that's, you know, that may not make an employer feel good because they may be saying, well, yeah, but what about the patient care issues? What about the danger of workplace accidents? And I get that. Um, but, you know, certainly because of the laws that are coming out and the protections for marijuana users, it's, it's a tough one for employers. And I think you have to sort of juggle how are we going to balance, you know, the prohibitions and the protections on marijuana use versus safety uh, in our workplace. What I've been advising a lot of employers is, you know, doing more safety trainings that include uh, reasonable suspicion detection for supervisors. You know, I, I prepare a lot of drug testing policies for employers, and I find that, you know, they like to have reasonable suspicion in their policy, but then nobody reads the policy and their supervisors don't really know how to enforce it. So I've really been recommending to many employers now that you've got to do some training, especially in light of all of these marijuana laws. You want your supervisors and managers to be able to detect some signs of impairment and to take some action, even if you can't test. Even here in New York where I am, you can't test for marijuana, but you can train your supervisors to detect 
you know, some behaviors that may indicate unsafe behavior in your workplace. And at a minimum, you can remove that employee, have a conversation with them while you figure out what you're going to do. Um, but I, I agree. It's, it's, it's really a very, very difficult thing when an employer can't test for marijuana anymore. But on the flip side, there are so many other drugs out there. And I've said this to uh, employers for years, which is that, you know, you can't possibly test for every drug that's out there. So yes, it would be good to test for marijuana because it's so prevalent. It's so widespread now. So many people are using it. But there are also lots of other drugs too um, that many employers don't test for. And it would be impossible to test for every drug that's out there. So it's almost like you have to pick and choose your battles and uh, try to figure out, you know, what can you do to keep the workplace safe uh, given that there are, it's just a fact of life now that there are limitations on testing for marijuana. Absolutely. And, you know, the the training program is really key. Um, uh, several years ago, I worked for a large hospital system and I was responsible for the uh, drug, uh, drug testing programs. And um, we had many supervisors who did, they, they, they felt there was some reasonable cause, but they did not want, they were afraid that if they made a mistake, that they would be, you know, on bad terms with the employee. And so, you know, there was a lot of time that was spent trying to train managers and employees. Like, this is our policy. If, you know, you're being asked, you know, it's, you're not being accused. We're, you know, we're trying to, you know, make sure we have a safe workforce and that we're keeping our patients safe and um but it was very um it was it was uh very tricky um during that time and i don't think it's changed much because you know supervisor training is one of those things that um doesn't occur as much as it should in many hr activities as i'm sure you're aware Catherine. oh yeah yeah <laughs> um so, you know, as we were talking about some of these safety issues, and I think I read an article recently, and I don't remember where it was because I read so many, but they were saying that, and maybe it was an auto insurance company, they were saying that auto uh, automobile accidents have increased since marijuana has been legalized in many states, and, and they were attributing those accidents to the use of marijuana, which I thought was interesting <laughs> because I'm like, well, how did they do that? It's not like, you know, they could run a blood alcohol test because, and most of the time when people are in accidents, they're not being tested for, you know, drugs. Um, maybe they might, but, um, have you seen anything in your practice where this is actually true that we've seen an increase in safety issues or accidents? You know, I don't really have any uh, strong data to answer your question. You know, I really just have, you know, anecdotal information on what I'm hearing from employers. Um, and surprisingly, I have not had many clients complain to me that they're seeing an increase in accidents now that marijuana is being legalized. It's more, the main thing that I'm hearing is we're getting loads of positive test results for pre-employment. You know, I'm not really hearing uh, a lot that we're, we're getting more positive post-accident tests, um, which is surprising to me because I would agree with you that I would, I would assume or imagine that there should be an increase in accidents 
given that there's, you know, so much legalized marijuana happening now. You know, as I said earlier, it's now going to be like alcohol, right? And and drunk driving is still a very huge problem that we're all living with. So to me, it seems like, you know, driving under the influence of marijuana is now going to become uh, a big issue. But I, I don't really have any data to answer that question. So um, I imagine we will see it now in the future now that uh, you know, especially in the last three, four years, we've had more and more and more of these laws being enacted. So I, I think, you know, we're going to start to see that. Um, so I think uh, the last question I'd like to ask you, Catherine, and again, this is something that's evolving and has changed over the last few years. Um, are those underlying disability issues where somebody had a medical marijuana card? And this was mostly, I think, prior to the legalization um, that, that's been happening, you know, across the country, where an employee had a medical marijuana card. And I think, um, you know, employers took adverse reaction and um, those lawsuits at that time were not successful. I think that's different today um, in terms of not just the medical marijuana card, because I don't seem to be even hearing that where it's legalized. You know, nobody's playing there. I've got my medical marijuana card. Um, instead, it's it's legal. So it's, it's a different, it's a completely different argument. Um, but are there are you seeing the same thing or is there, are there things that employers need to be paying particular attention to um, on these underlying disability, you know, either maybe a worker's compensation claim or an ADA case, or even, you know, a, a bringing somebody back to work? Yes. And I think it's a really uh, good issue that, that you raised, Terry. So, so I agree with you. The first thing is, um, in states that have both medical and recreational uh, marijuana, I agree with you that the medical almost, not, not entirely, but it almost becomes irrelevant, right? Because a person can say, yeah, I have a medical marijuana card, but it's legal for anybody to use it. So what difference does it make if I have a medical marijuana card? So I think it makes the medical issue a little bit more irrelevant in those states. But there are still plenty of other states that have medical marijuana laws but no recreational uh, marijuana law. So that means when the employer's analyzing what to do, they wanna look at, does this person have a valid medical marijuana card? Because if they don't, then technically in that state, it's illegal drug use. Um, but I also warn clients that, you know, if you're in a state, even if the state doesn't have employment protections for medical marijuana users, you still should tread very carefully when you're making your employment decision. You know, a good example is Florida and Ohio. Those are two states that have medical marijuana laws, and they actually have employer-friendly provisions that don't allow employees to sue their employer if the employer takes an adverse action based on the medical marijuana use. So employers in those two states sometimes will think, oh, all right, this is easy. I, I don't have to hire this person if they use medical marijuana. But the thing that I always caution them about is, you know, just be, you know, look at the facts of the situation because you, there's always lurking around there the potential for a disability discrimination claim. So for example, if the applicant 
just volunteered because we would never ask this in an interview, right? But if the person volunteered that, oh, I have this medical condition and my doctor wants me to use medical marijuana and they, they just, you know, during their job interview, they just volunteer a whole bunch of information and then we decide not to hire them. You know, there even if the medical marijuana statute says, hey, you can't sue us because we, you know, because of your medical marijuana use, the person could potentially go around that by saying, well, I told you in the job interview that I have cancer or whatever disability they have. And that's the real reason, employer, why you didn't hire me. So, you know, again, I'm not saying that an employer should always treat a medical marijuana user as protected all the time, but I think you have to look at all the facts and circumstances before you make your hiring decision or employment decision for current employees and see if maybe you can make your decision based on something else. You know, maybe there was another qualified applicant that you chose to hire. Um, but I think you just have to have your eyes open that a medical marijuana user may, even if they don't have a claim under the medical marijuana statute, they might have a claim just under your generic disability discrimination statute under state law. Thank you so much, Catherine. I think that this whole issue is just a tangled web of potential legal uh, problems if not handled appropriately. And I so appreciate having this conversation with you and having you lay this out for us. And I hope that employers um, are paying attention to the things that we talked about and that if they have any questions whatsoever um, about any kind of action that they might take uh, with an employee or a potential employee that they seek legal counsel first. <laughs> so um, thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you very much. I, I agree with you. I, I, it's very unfortunate for employers that, you know, testing for marijuana has become so complicated, but that honestly is the advice that I'm giving is really, you, you know, before making a decision uh, with respect to an employee or applicant who uses marijuana, you really need to know your applicable state law, whether it's medical or recreational, what kind of a job is it? And then you've got to analyze all of the legal risks. And, and it's not easy. I, I wish it were easier. <laughs> this is Heather. I just wanted to jump in and thank you both. It's really interesting to hear the back and forth and, and different nuances and such a complicated uh, environment as you both have illustrated. So thank you all. And thank you for joining us for this podcast.